Hello, and welcome to the Antioch Fort Worth weekly podcast. At Antioch, our desire is to cultivate a passion for Jesus and his purposes on the earth. To connect with us in community, partner with us through giving, or visit on a Sunday morning, please visit AntiochFortWorth.com. I am so glad to be here this morning. This really is the very, very, very best place to be on a Sunday morning. Oh man, I'm excited to be here. And thank you to all the friends who came and prayed for me and texted me that y'all were praying for me. Man, I feel prayed up. I'm ready to go. It's good. All right. So I have to tell y'all, just get this off my chest. The thing that makes me nervous about this is not talking to y'all. I love talking to y'all. It's that I'm going to like drop all my papers and lose my spot in my Bible and like kick my water bottle. It's going to hit James in the face and then like, like things are just going to go wacky and stumbly up here. So if that happens, please continue to, you know, pray for me and smile at me. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. I'm glad we have that agreement. We have that settled now. All right. So this morning, I I have a little bit of story to tell you, and then some things that I hope will um, really just encourage your heart and stir up vision inside you and give you some tools for moving forward in places that might feel stuck in your lives. So um, I also, I just wanted to thank, it's Mother's Day, and I was thinking about Mother's Day, and there are some incredible women in this body over the years who have poured into me and have mentored me and mothered me and prayed for me and encouraged me and come up under me and taught me and modeled for me over the years. When I came here 13 plus years ago, I had one little two-year-old and not a solitary clue how to be a mother. And I... I'm not there anymore because of the people who came alongside me. And so I'm just, I'm excited. I'm encouraged. I'm thankful for the way that I've been loved. And I hope to be able, like, this really is their story and their inheritance. And I want to be able to just pass it on to you today. Okay. All right. So I'm going to introduce my family. The first picture you'll see, um, these are my three kiddos. This is Elijah's the tall one. He's 13. Abigail's the tiny one who, with the cute smile. She's 15. And the little mischief maker in the front is Liam, who is eight, who arrived in a stocking cap this morning. I, oh, I don't even know. I wasn't there to get them dressed. So I decided, you know, most people, this is last summer, we got the opportunity to go to Croatia, had some beautiful things. You can keep going. There's Abigail. There's my Elijah. Look at that grin. There's my crazy boys. Yep, keep going. And there we all are. So here's the classic family picture. You know, we managed to get it all together and make sort of nice faces for a while. But I wanted y'all to see the others to know that, like, we're really actually kind of goofy and silly, really goofy and silly and fun. So this is my precious husband, Michael, who is awesome, and our Liam, our littlest mischief maker. All right. Yep, there we are. That's my partner in crime. She's fabulous. All right. So those are the Stoneses. We're a crazy bunch. Um, yeah, so when Jamie asked me to preach, uh, he asked me to give honor and encouragement to moms and families, which I'm all into that. I'm the pastor for preschool children and families. Like, that's what I do, right? I want to do that. But he kind of gave me, like, a really big blank slate as far as topic. And so 
I didn't really know what I was getting into. And I was like, I really, I had, I felt like I'd had a dream or I'd seen in prayer a couple of weeks before that Jamie was going to ask me to preach. So it wasn't like off my radar, but it was, I, I didn't have a clue what I was going to talk about, right? Um, and I didn't know what a timely request that this was. You know, any of you who have ever gotten up here and preached, there's always something that the Lord gives you to preach about that's coming and being birthed through the processes of your life at about the time you're coming to preach on it. <laughs> so um, at the same time as Jamie asked me to preach, I was planning and preparing for a trip to a conference in Atlanta. Um, so I was going to be leaving my sweet husband, here he is, at home to care for our three children in our home for three days. Now, you got to understand something. I am, I am a capable woman. I am totally used to holding down the fort by myself. Uh, my husband works a really demanding job with Fort Worth PD, advocating for kids. Um, he works weird hours. He's worked weirder hours in the course of our marriage. He's worked nights. He was deployed twice. Like, we... We, we have lived through the ups and downs of crazy husband schedule. And so I, I'm like, I'm by myself. It's totally cool. I'm fine, you know. But this time, the tables were turned, okay? All right. So I don't know if you have ever tried to explain to someone how to do a job that has no formal job description, uh, no clear written instructions, is stored completely in your brain, and runs primarily on autopilot, but it's a deal, okay? So I found myself, as I'm preparing for this trip, and I'm living through every day thinking through, like, all the things that I'm doing as I'm doing them, like, hyper-aware of these things that usually are just, like, running, you know? Uh, but I'm noticing all of these things that I'm doing, and I'm like, how in the world am I going to communicate to somebody what I'm doing, it's ridiculous, okay? So I'm hyper aware. And so I started making a mental list that then turned into a written list, somewhat out of curiosity, somewhat out of the need to laugh at myself. And um, this was what I came up with, a list of the things, like a, a sampling of what I do in a semi-normal day. I think that there are people out here who will relate to this. All right, you ready? Number one. Wake up by 5.30 a.m. so I can get myself dressed and meet with Jesus. Number two, clear away a few remnants of chaos left over from the night before so I can think straight. Number three, start the coffee, grab a banana, hope to eat something else later. Number four, wake up the kids at the proper time, in the proper order, with the proper clothing for the day. Number five, start a load of laundry. Six, prep breakfast for three kids, one of them to go, and hopefully myself. Number seven, pack reasonably healthy lunches for three kids, plus myself, throw pieces of lunch toward Michael so he can throw them in a lunchbox. Love and encourage a fussy child who claims to be sick and is thus moving like frozen molasses. Attempt to discern whether said child is actually sick or just fussy. Play tough guy and tell child that he or she is going to school unless actually dying. <laughs> yep. Kiss child number one and husband and send them off towards school and work. Number 10. After reminding him to put on shoes 37 times, walk child number two to school with hugs and kisses. Number 11. Come back to the house. 
throw dinner into the crock pot, round up all the loose ends so that I'm ready for work. Number 12, throw breakfast dishes in the dishwasher, start the dishes and the room, but grab the kid, head out the door. Number 13, take kid number three to school with hugs and kisses, have a deep theological discussion about biblical worldview on the way, and deflect begging about his wanting to buy 15 more reptiles to live in my home. <sighs> Leave notes and send messages about who's picking up who, when, and where, so that we can all meet back together at the end. And finally, take myself to work for meetings, projects, volunteer recruitment, admin, and more meetings. <sighs> all right, can anybody relate to that? It's not just me, right? It's not just me. We all carry these details and these loads and these responsibilities and these scripts that are running in our minds, right? Right? Nod your head yes. I'm a preschool pastor. You have to be demonstrative, okay? Yeah, right? So I want you to know that this is not just a word for moms or married parents or parents at all. This is a word for all households. Um, and I didn't even mention how many fights needed to be broken up, or how many pastoral situations outside of my family I needed to work in, or how much gospel repentance needed to come to me and my people in that little space of time, right? Yeah. So here's the funny thing. You know what happened as I listed all that out? I was trying to cross all my T's and dot all my I's and have all my loose ends tied up and my lists made for that trip to Atlanta. A tremendous sense of heaviness and exhaustion settled over me like this overwhelm settled over me like the weight of the world was sitting on my shoulders. And there was like this funky resentment that started bubbling up inside of me for all that I was carrying. Like, and I started to realize that I was carrying this weight of exhaustion and resentment and frustration because I'd gotten so bogged down in the details of my life so bogged down in the do's and the where's and the goes and the don'ts and the cleans and the this that I'd failed to stay rooted in the one who makes all things new. I'd failed to stay rooted. I'd forgotten that he has this vision of restoration and healing and redemption for my people and my household. I had forgotten that Praise God, in his hands, we are actually headed somewhere better than probable survival. Like, is it an act of faith to just declare that? Like, okay, I want you to do it. Say it out loud. My household in God's hands, you say that part first, is headed for somewhere better than probable survival. Amen. All right. <laughs> so here I was. I was, I was like the Israelites grumbling in the desert, man. I was fussy and forgetful. And praise God, I finally was humbled. <laughs> I was humbled that I was like standing up and carrying the weight. And then I really was like, oh, crumbling. And I needed to repent. 
Anybody relate? I need to repent. I had to reconnect with the source of my hope and remember that his goodness is so much bigger. I had to forgive my sweet family for all of their dues and details and tornadoes of mess and laundry and dishes. And I had to speak blessing over my people in my household again because I realized that what was stored up in my heart then was not blessing. It was bleh. And I had to speak blessing over my house and my people again. You see, I'd forgotten, I'd forgotten the joy of partnering with my sweet husband and the urgency of leading my sweet children to Jesus and the privilege of joyfully, expectantly praying and inviting the presence of God into to come and fill my home and come and fill my people and make it an embassy of the Holy Spirit. And here's the deal. We have to come back to these places of repentance over and over again. Jen, how often do you have to do this? All time. All time, my friend Jen says. All right? So all the time. It's not a one-time deal. It's a something we have to keep over in front of our eyes over and over and over again. We have to repent again and again and again. And the Lord brings us into new seasons and new places of understanding. His word says, repent then, that times of refreshing may come from the Lord. It's good. Repenting is good. It's good. And so there are two things I want to do today. Maybe it's three. I want to, I'm being like the psalmist, there are two things, and then there were three, you know, those weird passages that don't, they don't work in our Western thought. All right. There are Maybe three things I want to do today. I want to help us repent where we need to repent, first of all. And then I want us to get a new vision for contending for our households. And I want it to be rooted in the fresh hope of the resurrected Jesus. So for anybody who's tried to contend and said, oh, I'm not strong enough, you don't have to be because he is. All right, let's get started. Okay. We're going to start with some vision. Let's look together at Matthew 6.10. Okay? So Matthew 6.10, it's a short verse, but I want you to picture here, Jesus is sitting down with his people. He's got his folks. I'm not talking about his people. I mean, like his people, his people, his folks, his, his, his family, his guys he's hanging out with all the time, the people he's doing dishes and laundry and meals with, right? Okay? He sits down with his people, and they're like, how do we pray? Teach us how to pray. And he says, Okay, guys, you pray like this. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Right? Listen to it one more time. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's right. So when I take this charge seriously, when I really take Jesus at his word, which I should all the time. I'm confessing to you that I don't in saying this, right? Um, I see that it's my place and my privilege and my responsibility to declare the coming and the rule of the kingdom of God over my household, over my people, over my relationships. It is my privilege and my responsibility. 
I need to pray the way Jesus told me to pray. I need to do it because he told me to do it, right? Okay, glad we got that settled. All right. I have to invite the Holy Spirit and contend in prayer for the kingdom of God to rule and reign in all things in my household because God's word tells me to. And here's a really good part. God's word tells me that I can. It tells me that I can, that it's fruitful and powerful and effective when I do. So Isaiah 9, 7 tells me that of the increase of his government and his peace, there will be no end. Hallelujah. There will be no end. So I can contend in faith, knowing that it's going to keep going. This little breakthrough that's coming and that's just pushing back the edges. Oh, it's going to keep going forever. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And the word also tells me, Matthew 6, 19, it tells me that Jesus has given me the kingdom keys of the kingdom of heaven. So whatever I bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever I loose on earth is going to be loosed in heaven. Right? So I'm supposed to use these keys. He didn't give me a keychain like to just dangle on my belt to make noise. He wants me to use these keys. So here's what it looks like. Okay, I like to be practical. So I'm going to get real practical. It looks like this. I use my faith eyes to see what's going on in my household that doesn't look like the kingdom of heaven. And I bind those things in the name of Jesus. Whatever that funky stuff is, those little foxes that are creeping up. I mean, it may be totally obvious glaring because one kid is punching the other one in the face. Or it may be just a little funkiness that I sense underneath. Like a little, maybe I'm a little crossways with my husband. Or maybe like we're just not communicating real well. Or maybe this kid is just feeling really downtrodden right now and it's something that's a little lower on the radar but but it's still it doesn't look like the kingdom of God if it doesn't look like the kingdom of God God's word says I can tell it to go I can tell it to go so I gotta do it right and then I'm gonna use my faith eyes and I'm gonna ask Jesus what it would look like for the kingdom of God to break out like wildfire in my household. This is the dream big moment, right? I will look into the word and say, Jesus, what would it look like if everything in my household looked like you right now? And then I'm going to call out those things. In faith, I'm going to release those manifestations of the kingdom of God into my environment and into my people and into the relationships in my household. Isn't that exciting? That's exciting, right? That I can do that, that I get to do that. Okay, does anybody need a practical example? Okay. Awesome. Okay. So I felt like I was supposed to read you a couple of things, and then I'm going to give you like a hypothetical example. So I'm reading to you from my journal. That makes you special. I don't do this for everybody at all, but the Lord told me to. Okay. So I um, have written some declarations for my household. You know what a declaration is? So what this is, as I said, Jesus, 
what would it look like for your kingdom to be ruling and reigning in some areas of my household where I currently feel like it's not? So these declarations, they're not pie-in-the-sky dreams. They're not like, oh, it would be so sweet if this happened. And praise God, it would. It would be so sweet if this happened. But they're built on the basis of what the word already says is true about me and about my people and about my household. So it's what the word says is true. I'm going to declare it in faith. And the effect of that is that I am telling all of those things that are currently not lined up with the kingdom in my household that they better get in line. Thank you very much. Okay. All right. So these are the declarations that I put together for my household. And they're going to look different for your household. And in just a minute, we're going to talk about if this feels like pretty audacious to you, where you go from here. Okay. So this is what I declare over my household. I declare that my husband is a man who is gifted and guarded by sleep and rest from the Lord. And the strength of the Lord fills him up to overflowing. He is strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might to lead our family well and joyously in the name of Jesus. And I declare that my children are fully sold out for Jesus, and he is the deepest treasure of their hearts. By his grace, they are being transformed from glory to glory as he is glorified in them. And I declare that I, this was the hardest one to write. You ever tried to write a declaration about yourself? Whoa. I declare that I am strong and bold in the strength of my Lord. Like David, I feast on the Lord. I gaze on the Lord. I saturate myself in the Lord. I hide myself in the cleft of the rock. And he trains my hands for battle. I am a mighty warrior in his name. Thanks, guys. I declare that the Soane's home is an embassy of the kingdom of God, a place where the rule and reign of God is made manifest on the earth. It is the dwelling place of the Holy Spirit. I declare that the Soane's dinner table is a place of rest and welcome and connection in the name of Jesus. I declare that our kitchen is a place of joy and creativity and life sharing and service and blessing in the name of Jesus. I declare that the Soans family loves to share life together in Jesus' name. I declare that my Liam has been given the beautiful mind of Christ that is hungry for learning and loves school. If you know him, you know he does not love school at all. Bless him. Liam thrives in school, and he finds favor with all he interacts with there. I declare that the Stones family will not be content with the things and entertainments of the world in the name of Jesus. I declare that the Stones are filled with deep hunger and thirst for righteousness and the kingdom of God in Jesus' name. And I declare that the enemy will not Take us out of our place as radical kingdom builders and passionate fishers of men in the name of Jesus. We will not go to sleep again. Amen. All right. So, 
In the mornings, when I get up and I get my cup of coffee, declare those things over my family. And some days I declare I'm quiet, and some days I declare I'm really loud. But I can call those things out in faith because it's what God says is true. And I can look, and when one of my kids is struggling, I can say, I bind up heaviness and self-condemnation and selfishness and resentment in the name of Jesus. And I release healing and forgiveness and grace and love and the confidence of Jesus Christ into that child in Jesus' name. All right. Whew. So this may be new to you, or it may feel a little audacious to you. It is a little audacious. Um, anybody ever feel like your personal feelings of weakness might lead you to wimpy prayers? Anybody ever pray wimpy prayers because you feel like, Bleh, right? Me too. Yes, me too. Totally. So here is what we say. What if we really, really, really saw yourself planted firmly in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus, with the risen, victorious Christ. Because Ephesians 2.6, it says that I am, and it says that you are. It says God raised us up with Christ, and he seated him in the heavenly realms, in Christ Jesus, in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. What if we really believed that? That he was just waiting to express his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. What if we really, really, really saw ourselves as little embassies, true carriers of heaven, little vessels of the substance, the stuff of heaven? Like, like inside you, you had this like glowing gold rock thingy that was bright, that was like heaven implanted in you, right? Because it's true. It's true. And from that place, when I believe and I see the truth, from that place of hope and faith, I can declare and contend. Not because I'm cool or because I'm strong or because, because a lot of mornings I wake up not cool and not strong and not put together and looking a lot uglier than this. And, like, it's true. But it's not about me. It's not about me. It's about there is in Jesus. About the risen Jesus, because the substance of my hope and my faith is rooted solidly in the risen Jesus. Romans 4.17 says he is the one who brings life from the dead and calls things that are not as though they are. He is the one who gives life to the dead. And he sees what doesn't he sees the not yet. He sees the things that don't line up. And he says, forget that. I'm calling it like it is. And so if Jesus is going to do that, I'm going to do that too. All right. He calls those things right into being. And from that place of faith and love, I can talk to my soul like, D like David did. So when I'm funky, I can say, why are you downcast on my soul? Hope in the Lord, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. Or maybe I need to talk to the spiritual environment in my house. Maybe it's just funky up in there. Maybe I need to talk to my marriage or talk to my children. And if I need to, I can confidently tell these things to line up with Jesus in the places where they don't. I can because my confidence rests 
in the good father of Luke 12, 32. He says to us, and I say to you right now, fear not, little flock, for it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. And when you call it out, oh, he's going, yes, it is my good pleasure. It's my good pleasure to give this to them. So good. So good. And please understand, sometimes it might not be my nuclear family that needs contending for, right? I mean, not all of us have kids. Some of us do. Some of us have roommates. We have workplaces. We have extended family relationships. My husband and I lead a life group and a section. And so it may be another spiritual environment that needs me to contend for. It may be another circle of household in my life. So it might be my nuclear family, or maybe it's my extended family, or maybe it's my life group, or maybe it's the life groups in our section, or maybe it's the relationships on our cul-de-sac, the household of neighbors that we live in contact with and interact with on a daily basis. Maybe it's the circle of one of my children and his friendships. Maybe it's the circle of my kid's classroom that I need to contend for. It's the principles are the same. It's the same. So these are all places that I have a say-so. And any place where I have a say-so, the Lord has said that is part of my domain. And so you better believe that I'm going to call out the kingdom of God in those places. And you guys, if you have children in this church, You are part of my domain, and you better believe that I am calling out the kingdom of God over you and your families in the name of Jesus. Because any place that I have a say-so, any place that you have a say-so, you get to declare the kingdom of God over those places. You have authority because Jesus bought it for you. And because you're hidden in him, and he is in you. All right. You get to invite the Holy Spirit. We get to invite the Holy Spirit and see the atmosphere shift in all those places. So maybe for you, it's your roommate relationships, or your relationship with mom or a dad, or your work environment that needs contending. I just want you to think about what is that place? What is that place that needs contending for in your life? Just get in your mind for a sec. Maybe more than one. It's okay. And guys, we live in a hard, broken world. We do. The Bible acknowledges it. Jesus tells us that we can ask for the kingdom and we're going to get it. And he also says we live in the middle of a mess. It's true. But the Holy Spirit is at work. The Spirit of God is at work, hovering over the face of the waters with the power of new creation, just like he did when he made the world in the first place. What would it look like if we all took a long, hard look at the circles and the relationships around us and we just started to dream We just started to dream about what kingdom restoration and kingdom rule and reign would look like in those places. 
And then what if from a place of rootedness and confidence in our living king, we started to declare those things? What if we started to bind up the hopeless, broken things of the world and started to loose the powerful, glistening hope of the kingdom of heaven into those broken places and those broken things? We would start to see things change. We would start to see things change. And in every place that you have felt stuck, you can start to see things change. It's not a magic formula. It's the God who brings the kingdom of earth. He brings the kingdom to earth. And so this is the place of confidence from which we contend. And we sow the things of the kingdom. And we plow the ground and we plant seeds. And we plant the seeds of kingdom culture into our households and relationships over and over and over Okay, I want us to to read something together. I'm going to read it over you. And I want you to just let it wash over you. This picture that God gives us for households. Okay? Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. And these commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road and when you lie down and when you get up and tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads and write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. The thing that really encourages me about this scripture is that it talks about everyday life. It says, guys, You want to know what it looks like to love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind? Let your household and your relationships be filled with this. Let your everyday moments be filled like this. God is into the everyday in your household. He's into it. Isn't that so good? So, so good. So, We contend and we sow and we love the Lord with all of our hearts and all of our souls and all of our strength. And we talk about him and we recount his goodness at every turn. And we contend for the kingdom of God in our households and our relationships. And it's so good because we know We know with faith and security that he is the Isaiah 55 God. He is the one whose word does not return to him empty and void, but it accomplishes the very purpose for which he sent it. All right, let's pray about it. Okay, ministry team, band, y'all ready? Come on up. What do I need to do? Oh, everybody stand up. (laughs) I didn't know what this meant. Now I do. Everybody stand up. (laughs) All right. So maybe you're here today and what you need to do is repent. Maybe you just need to come to that place of repentance. Just get washed off and refreshed by the Lord. 
so that he can show you his faithfulness and times of refreshing can come from him. Or maybe this is a place where you just need a reminder of the unshakable hope, the unshakable hope of the one in whom the power and wonder of creation and new creation are found. Or maybe your sense of purpose and strength have gotten a little muddy, a little funky, and you need the Lord to pour out fresh vision on you. Or maybe your hope and for restoration is stirred up and you're ready to start contending and you just need somebody up here to start contending with you. Maybe you just need to take that step forward of faith and say, okay, I'm ready. Let's go. Let's get in the game. We're ready. Okay. So whatever it is, whatever it is that you need to do, let's just put ourselves in front of Jesus and let him do what he does best. Y'all come on down. The front is open or get with somebody that's close to you, whatever you need to do, but let's just press in.